Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. I am really excited to announce today that this is my 25th episode, and I can't tell you how happy it makes me. This has been a labor of love, as I've said so many times, and the feedback I get really fuels me and keeps me going. So I'm going to take a minute to share a quick review because I so appreciate everyone who's taken the time to leave one. This one's from Dolly SJH. I found myself tuning into Whitney's podcast during my Zen mornings as I walk my dog. I always look forward to hearing the topic she's exploring and have found ways to apply so much to my life. I also love that this podcast is 30 minutes, but packs a punch in the short amount of time. Her podcast is proof that small interviews or conversations can really make a big impact. Yes. I'm so excited about this review because it is so aligned with what Electric Ideas is all about. Literally the definition of Electric Idea is a moment of personal breakthrough that lights you up and creates room for new possibilities. Part of the reason I started this podcast is because it really pains me to see women who are completely stuck and just have this feeling that this is how life has to be. And I really challenge that. And I hope that by sharing these conversations, it'll ignite something that moves you. I also just wanted to take a quick second to address uh, how to leave a review because a couple of people have reached out and said, oh, I want to support you, but I literally don't know how. So this might not work on all platforms, but here's the easiest thing to try. If you go to the main page of the podcast where you listen to podcasts, so not into an actual episode, just the main page, and you scroll past all the episode descriptions, there should be somewhere where you can either click to rate. It says tap to rate and there's stars. So you can either do that real quick or even better, you can write a quick review. And reviews are so important because there's so much information out there and it really just tells somebody right away whether I'm for them or not. So thank you again to everyone who's taken the time to leave a review. It means so much to me. And more than anything, it, it helps spread my mission. So thank you. So with that, I'm so excited to jump into my 25th episode, and I have the perfect guest because Rachel Brumberger is just a gem to connect with. Rachel is a master acupuncturist, herbalist, Chinese nutritional therapy practitioner, and wellness coach. Her specialty is in women's health, and she has tons of wisdom about digestive orders, mental health conditions, and much, much more. Beyond her clinical practice, she's a writer. She also hosts the healing and well-being podcast called Unscripted, and she's an adjunct and clinical faculty member at the Maryland University of Integrative Health. She's been featured in a bunch of publications and received awards for her work in the healing space, and I'm really excited about this conversation, so let's get into it. All right, Rachel, I'm so happy to see you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Whitney. I'm really excited because you specialize in all these interesting things, women's health, digestive disorders, mental health conditions. You're also a master acupuncturist and you practice Chinese nutritional therapy. So I wanted to start out by just having you ground us a little bit in your perspective on why it's so important to treat mind, body, and spirit together. I love this question. I think it's really important that all of us remember that we are not any one of those without the other two ever. And that is why it's important because whatever is ailing us on a physical level is eventually, if it hasn't already going to show up in our emotional or mental universe, our spiritual universe. And when I say spirit, what I essentially mean is I understand that I'm connected to something greater than myself. Now, what does that mean for everyone? That could be the science books on your bookshelf, that could be church on Sundays, that could be temples, that could be nature, 
it's not about what is spirit. It's just that we know that like this me on the planet is part of something bigger than me, whatever that means for people. And so when we're ailing at some level, it's going to show up in the other levels, especially if it's not just an acute thing, right? Like, okay, I had a cold for two weeks and it was a bummer and I'm over it. That's one thing. But if you had a cold for two weeks and you missed your high school prom, that's going to upset some other part of you. You know, if I hurt my shoulder and now I can't go golfing, but I love golfing with my girlfriends and that's something that keeps me grounded, it's going to show up in my other places. Or we've had some kind of ailment of who I am or ailment of my mental and emotional universe. And now it's showing up in my body and I don't realize they're connected. So for me, there's just no difference. We're treating the whole person all the time. I really like how you explain that. And it actually dovetails perfectly into you're you're also a writer among your many, many talents. (laughs) And so I pulled something you wrote and I'm going to share it. it says, I believe we are better and stronger when we understand the intricate nature of how we come in and out of balance. We are most powerful when we realize that we are capable of healing ourselves. So tell us a little bit more about this because energy in one area of lives tends to spill into others, right? So you gave some good examples, but tell us a little bit more. Well, where I'm coming from with that, okay, this is juicy. I'm glad you brought this up. (laughs) When we say balance, a lot of us listening may think, oh, I'm supposed to achieve some perfect level of like my work, my life, my parenting, my fitness, my food, all working exactly correctly all the time. And I don't believe in that because an actual balance scale where things are all even across the board is the same as a flat line. It's not life. It's not flow. It's not movement. So coming in and out of balance is this like constant exchange of weight here, weight there, my attention here, my attention there, my capacity for one thing or another here or there, and being able to kind of move those with relative ease throughout the days of my life. Relative ease is a relative term. You know, if we were in a situation, well, lots of us have been in these situations over the past couple of years, maybe somebody has lost a loved one or they had to take care of somebody for a long time extra. The relativity of the situation changes on how well I can eat, how much sleep I'm getting, how much of myself I feel I am right now. And then the scale kind of moves again. So the intricate nature of how we come in and out of balance is very unique to each of us as individuals, what I need to be my full self and what you need to be your full self. And then this sort of like walking through a regular negotiation of what can I do today with the circumstances of my life so I can be my best self over and over again. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad you gave the example because we all have those times where we have extreme moments. Losing a loved one is a a good Mm -hmm. example. How can we in those times when we feel like so much of our energy gets pulled somewhere and we do feel out of balance? How can we invite ourselves to be more compassionate and not be hard or, or make yeah. it worse, just kind of accept that feeling. It, I think it's the first thing to the very first thing is, oh, we're all human. And we do that thing where we're not always self-compassionate in the moment, you know, like these moments, for example, maybe a, a less severe example would be when one of our children is waking up regularly and all of our sleep in the whole house has started to break down for a period of time. And it's impacting everyone. This happens at my house sometimes. So, I feel, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but also when something extreme has happened, and I think the first thing is to go, okay, I'm human. So I'm having some big feelings about this, and big feelings are okay to have. And then the second thing is to remember and call ourselves back to this is a moment in time, and this will not always be like this. This will move into something else. And so that. Because again, we're not aiming at, in my opinion, we're not aiming for this like perfect scale where everything just is perfect. Perfect is not real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just not. So we're not trying to aim for this like perfect vision of who I can be when everything is just so exactly the way I need it to be. It's how can I be my best self today, given the circumstances? So one of those things is remembering that given the circumstances, circumstances change all the time. 
if I'm in a season of my life where I'm having to put out more than I get in, then the question becomes, what's the most important thing I can do to receive what comes in? Which one of these parts of my life or two of these parts of my life can I allow in while I kind of let go of some other things so I could show up for this loved one, this tax season, if I'm an accountant or, you know, it depends on somebody's life, but it's an exchange, I think. So it's remembering, okay, first of all, I'm human. Second of all, this too will move. This will shift. And what do I need right now to be the best version of me I can be in this moment? I I really appreciate that. And I'm thinking like when people get injuries, this is something that is another example that's coming up for me because it's a hard time. It's frustrating. Oh, it's, it's yeah. excruciating. It can be painful. It can be so frustrating and, and it will heal if we let it, right? Most of them will heal. We may be a little different afterward. That's okay. And it's also okay to be really irritated about that for a while first and honor that. That is the emotion moving through me. You know, maybe I'm full of grief that I will have to move myself differently in my daily life for a while, or I may not play that sport exactly the way I wanted to again, or in the future, I may have to always squat instead of bending over from the waist and remember that. And that might be infuriating. And we may have grief also about who we were and who we now are. And that's appropriate because we have changed and we're letting go of the past and walking into the future. And then it's like, well, how do I do this life now with what I know about myself now, which I think brings us back to that intricacy of like each of us coming in and out of balance a certain way and finding our next expression in that newness that meets who we are. So if I can't go running anymore or for a while, can I become a swimmer? Do I become a dancer? How do I move through the world authentically? I'm thinking about this. I mean, the visual that's coming up to me, instead of having this perfectly even scale, it's just allowing and accepting and having that permission that the scale is never going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's more an awareness of this is my scale today. Mm -hmm. What can I do? What can I do? And how do I be with what's here? And it is, it's just movement. It's movement. It's the movement of that scale, putting in, giving out, showing up, resting. And letting it be fluid. And letting it be fluid. So one of the things you emphasize, and I know you talk about how there's no one size fits all when it comes to individual wellness, but in terms of energy and fluidity and all of this, one thing that people might not think about is how much it might impact evaluating your levels on a seasonal basis. And this Mm -hmm. is something you have had, we've had some interesting conversations about. So you advocate for reflecting and attuning to your wellness needs seasonally because they can shift. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, and actually, I think this also speaks to the, like how we heal ourselves, how we recognize we can heal ourselves piece, which is, so we have a couple of different ways that the seasons are showing up, right? Like right now we're all moving into summer here in the North American continent. So, you know, for on another side of the world, we'd be preparing for a slightly different energetic climate movement, but this is the one we're in. So we're preparing for summer. So we're in the, the season of the year, like where are we around the sun? And then we also have the season of the light, like my season of my life that I'm in, in terms of my age group and my experiences. And then there's also maybe seasons of things we're sort of chewing on and working out in terms of our own, who we're becoming, right? So seasonal well-being, what I love that I think connects us all to each other is like, as we move into summer, we have different needs than we had in spring and we have different needs that we had in winter. And I think actually, I believe all of us actually know that instinctively. If we take a moment to be quiet where we are, we can connect to that because all of us feel it in some way naturally because we are animals actually, and we are part of nature. We may have trained ourselves out of it a bit in some places. And so sometimes it's harder to hear that inner wisdom that's coming up naturally in all of our animal instincts. But when we take a moment to kind of get quiet again, we can come back to that. And most of us will know that in summer, 
because a lot of us are starting to either be really excited that it's getting hot and it's time to play or really freaked out that it's getting hot and it's time to play (laughs) because for different people, right? Like, oh my God, it's hot and I can eat outside. I'm going to go to the pool and I'm going to see all the people. It's like, yay. And for other people, that's totally overwhelming because they can't cool down and they're going to be sweaty and uncomfortable and it's too much action. And and this is everybody in between, right? So that's just two extreme examples, but that's where we are. And everyone recognizes it because they're either like looking forward to it or they're not. And they notice that that's happening. And it's probably different than it was a couple of weeks ago when it was like, clearly still only spring. I appreciate your acknowledgement of that because I'm, I definitely fall in probably the extreme camp. I'm very natural for play. I love, you know, that all of that, that's like very ingrained in my personality. But I think that there's almost a shame that some people feel when they're in the situation where they're like, yeah. And I, why, like, tell us a little bit more about why that might be normal. It's first of all, it's totally normal because we're all different, right? Like, and really like, think about, you know, everyone can take a moment right now to just breathe and go in which seasons do I feel like I am the most me version of myself. Right. So that's part of why. Because some of us are autumn and some of us are spring and some of us are winter and some of us are summer and some of us are the transition. Some of us love that it's changing. Some of us are really good at that. Some of us are really not good at that. Some of us are winter and we love summer. Some of us are summer and we prefer fall. So we're all a season ourselves within some seasons of everything. And I know that sounds, that may sound like what, but really when we think about it, I think again, when we take a moment to be quiet and we think about the climate, we feel the most fluid in the type of scenery. We like the most, the kind of food we like the most, like what temperature we like to be, which clothes we like wearing the most, how we like to flow through our life. We'll recognize a little bit about some of those seasons that live within us. So there's part of it is in the nature of who am I? And the other part of it is in the nature of what climate does have me be comfortable. You know, there are a lot of people who physically are uncomfortable in the heat or are physically uncomfortable in the cold or the wet or the dry. And so some of that can move based on if somebody has an autoimmune condition or something arthritic or their digestion gets wonky when it's too humid out. There's those kinds of reasons too. And then of course there's memory, you know, some of us, I remember when I was in acupuncture school, I always loved summer because I loved the experience of it. And I used to go to camp and I was camp counselor and I loved being outside and getting dirty and like hanging out and singing at night. I also got really nostalgic every summer. My heart would get very heavy And as I got older, I started to recognize that there had been a lot of things that would happen in the transition between like the end of the school year and into the summer and then moving the summer into the school year again that were hard, like breakups or friends I wasn't going to see again or things I had to say goodbye to or painful things that had happened that I had collected that was hanging out in my body that wasn't totally resolved. And so I would have this relationship with somewhere where I was really excited and sad all at the same time. And it felt confusing until I learned that that was because those were unresolved things that happened in the summertime. And every summer, it was an opportunity for my heart to heal that I didn't know I had. Once I recognized that, that nostalgia became an opportunity. I didn't feel so heavy about it. And I was able to actually do some things, see some healers, like do some journaling, do, you know, do the therapy to allow my heart to release that, to let my body, and here we come back to that mind, body, spirit, like let go of that emotional content that was kind of living in my cells, having me show up as sad. Summer got lighter. That could happen to anybody, any season. If they lost somebody they love, or they moved away from a town that they loved at a certain time of year, or something really, really cool happened. So they always look forward to that time of year and they don't even realize that's why. But each of us have these seasons where we're naturally inclined to show up because of who we are in our personality and where we've had experiences that are impacting the way we feel in that moment around the sun. I'm digesting because that's really interesting the way you explained it. And I want to, I want to unpack that a little bit more. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking for myself, I mean, I just 
I, I think I just know, I love fall when people ask me, but I, mm-hmm. it's bringing up, I love that. I love learning. I do like that change and that openness and that excitement and that possibility. And so that, that makes a lot of sense, but mm-hmm. I think that this could be helpful for listeners if they, I love that you're holding space for totally different and what some people might say, conflicting feelings in a season, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That in itself is important to me. And I think that people don't necessarily get always, right? No, and then we feel, we judge ourselves most of the time when that's happening, that we're having that conflict and we don't know how to engage everything external to us while we kind of like sort that conflict out within ourselves. You know, I'm excited to have more maybe vacation time, but I'm also overwhelmed that that's going to happen, something like that. We can all have that. I mean, lots of introverts I know actually are like, oh my God, summer's coming and that's too many barbecues for me, (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you know? And then they're like, how am I going to manage that? But I just want to sit on the beach by myself and read a good book. Or uh, for example, it could be anything. And we, we're inherently, we are so fluid and so mobile and such creative creatures that we can have conflict anywhere, anytime between two big emotions or two big experiences and feel just like we're losing our marbles, that we're in that both and because we've been taught to be either or. We've like been trained in our sort of society that we are, we, we don't generally tend to honor that multiple emotions can happen at the same time. We're not set up for that sort of in, even when we watch movies, it's usually sort of like some of them, not all of them, but a lot of them, it's like one, one big thing at a time, one kind of big emotion. And then it gets complicated later. And then that sorts out into one, or even when we're teaching our children to name their emotions, we're usually like, which one is it? Are you sad or disappointed? Well, what if I'm both? What if I'm both? What, I, I, what if I'm both? And there's no word for that. So can I be both? So it's both and not either or. So what advice would you have? Because summer is, you know, I know that there are people listening around the globe, but everyone knows that summer feeling that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And again, I love it and I'm excited. I feel a sense of openness and you can use me as a guinea pig, but it also is a time where there's shifting schedules, shifting mm-hmm. demands, upheaval of routines. And I feel like for me, I think that, and I think a lot of women experience this where that new demands and insecurity that you're going to have that time that to yourself and alone and to nurture yourself (laughs) and nourish yourself, it it feels a little bit out of control on the other spectrum, right? Absolutely. The, The pendulum swings so hard one way in summer, right? Right. So mm-hmm. what advice would you have to women for making it okay to hold these, what could feel like mm-hmm. opposing emotions as it's okay to be this and this? <laughs> <laughs> we are the most complex creatures that can have both of those things. It's true. I've thought about this a lot. And so my, my teachers had given this to me and I'll give it to everyone else's all expectations lead to unnecessary suffering. Amen. So, yeah. So then I was like, well, if we all, but we, a lot of us want to have the virtues of summer that engender that full experience of the season. We want the joy and contentment. And that is really what the season's about joy and contentment and being intimately connected to ourselves and the people we love. So if we take those expectations and we shift them into intentions, I think that helps. And I think some of that is in getting out of some of the logistics, which is, I don't mean that like, (laughs) I don't mean like don't have logistical plans because that's like totally unrealistic. So I'm not, I don't want to dishonor, like there's a reality in like the camp schedules and time off of work or whatever everybody's juggling or how like. Yeah, you may be picking someone in the middle of the day to drop them off somewhere else. And that's when you typically do your yoga class or journaling and blah, you know. So so I think it's actually about instead of being like, 
my summer is going to be amazing. We're going to have fun. We're going to do 10 trips. We're going to hike once a week. We're going to like making these sort of quantifiable goals where we're like, I'll measure the success of our joy and contentment against how many times we did a family hike and ate snow cones and laughed about it versus I want to spend quality time with the people I love. And I do not want to be exhausted in August. And so what does that actually look like? Intentions like spending time in nature at least once a week together, eating hilarious desserts together outside and letting them melt all over us. These would be nice memories to make that will bring me joy and contentment without getting ourselves hooked into how smoothly the logistics of that are going to go. Because that's actually one of the best gifts of summer is the flow. Spring is actually where we kind of make the plans. We're headed in this direction. It's going to look something like this. And here are the ultimate goals. Summer is where we find a little bit of like, think of a tree. It has bloomed, right? The leaves are fully out. They're rich and green. They're not limey anymore. And they're getting a little heavy. And when the wind does blow, it's like, ooh, it's very like fluid that way. It's like, which way is the wind going to blow? That's where the leaves are going to go. So we want to be a little more like that in summer where we don't dump our logistics, but we don't get so hooked to them white knuckled that they become a source of disappointment when we can't meet them. I love all of this and I'm so aligned. I mean, this is actually, I have some great examples of this because this is something I've done electric ideas workshops on where I seriously just sit with women and it's like setting summer intentions and we go through and we drop in and one of the things that we do is we reflect on your childhood memories that were mm. positive and what comes up and what's happened a lot is a lot of women realize that they are, you said, not white knuckling it. It's like with the camps and the, I mean, do the camps, do everything. We're yeah. all navigating, but it's almost like and let, let it be easy. Like yes. one, one of the women had this, you know, we do some quick writes and journaling and one of the women wrote down that something that was one of her favorite summer memories is like popping up in a can of something, you know, sugary and delicious and drinking it through a licorice straw. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. And so she literally sent me a picture that week of, of her kids holding that up. And she's like, this was like a hit. Why am I just making this so hard? Yeah. She's like, this is so easy and it didn't have to be this big production. Right. It's that flow. And I love that because I just time traveled when you said that. It's like everyone listening probably just time traveled to like something, you know, you you stuck the peppermint in the lemon, you stuck the licorice in the can. You said like we all just time travel and you say that. And it is, it's like everyone's just like sitting on the curb outside or in lawn chairs. Yes. That together. It's yes. so easy. Yes. I remember sit, spending like hours <laughs> baking Reese's pieces on a towel with my friend and getting them like just warm enough so they'd melt, but not crack, you know, yes. that, and it's just, yes. I think it's just a good reminder of how simple you can simple. let it be. Mm-hmm. I think that's what joy and contentment really are. It's much simpler than we may have accidentally inflated in our mind's eye when we think about what we're supposed to be after, what Mm -hmm. we think joy looks like, and we've made it an external goal or destination, but ultimately it is the simple things that just kind of show up easy and we flow with the people we love. And we have some space between those moments to really, really enjoy them. Yes. Less pressure, more mm-hmm. presence. Mm-hmm. And I want to circle back because what you said is something that is so central to the way I operate with expectations and, and creating unnecessary suffering and simply reframing it to intentions. Mm-hmm. There's power just in that. So tell us about a little bit more about that shift and yeah. how practically we might go about that that intention setting practice. So we're mindful. It's not like we're just showing up willy-nilly, but we're not forcing. Right. That's a beautiful question. I think that's super important. I think where I would start is that we 
we each require a little bit of space and breath time to have that occur, right? So it's like, I've noticed when I just go from like one thing to the next thing to the next thing, because I'm looking at the clock and I'm thinking about these to-dos or things I desperately wanted to accomplish or think I have to accomplish or, you know, that everything becomes an expectation. That That's like, it just kind of automatically transforms into like things have to go a certain way or it's all going to fall apart. And in, I think the transformation to intention comes in a couple ways. One of them is building, it's like building in a breath between the minutes of the day. That's one where even if the bus is about to come, which we really worked on this this year in my household, this was like a massive source of unnecessary stress and upset for everyone was like, oh my gosh, the bus is coming and we're not ready. And so everything walking back from getting my child on the bus was like stressful. It was like, get your shoes on, eat faster. Did you brush your teeth? And it was like, one day we were like, well, sometimes we could take her to school. So like, what's the the worst thing that happens if she misses the bus? Now that was us this year. We were capable of taking her sometimes. Not everybody can do that. So this is just an example Not that everyone should feel this way about the bus. Just that, oh, wait, hold on. Can we put a breath between these events? Because everybody was getting upset. The intention became, how do we have lovely mornings? What does that look like? Because these are not lovely. These are just upsetting for everybody. We're all basket cases. Because the expectations were to be on time and be respectful and do the things that we were supposed to do the right way. So it was like, wait a second, that's not getting us what we want. So that the intention is like, what am I really after? I mean, getting on the bus on time is important. It's one of the time management skills we're all learning. And, you know, maybe I can't take my child to school, but that's not what it's about. It's actually about the flow of the whole day. What are we setting up for ourselves? So it's like for someone that intention may be to have a six, have an, have a successful day where everyone makes it to where they need to be without arguing. That could be the intention. So I think it's, it's again, it's kind of about coming out of the logistics, but I don't know. Does that answer the questions? Like, yes, that I think just reframing it a little mm-hmm. bit and inviting in the possibility of shifting it and just asking that question and looking at it this way, instead yeah. of being like, it has to be this way and it has to be and, right. and the, the forcing and the stress. Cause we've all, we've all been there. And it feels like crap. It does. And like all of us, I'll get there again. Right. It's not like tomorrow I may not make that. That'll happen because we're human. And then I'll pull back and remember, wait, have a lovely morning. What's that said though? I like, I like how you probably invited your whole family into being a part of how, like, how could we? Yeah. No, maybe it's as simple. What would that look like? Mm hmm. It is. I think that is a community conversation within a household. What are we up to? Like even for summer, what are we up to? Asking the other people we live with, hey, what are your, what are some things that would fill your heart this summer? What would that look like to have a good summer? And then walking it back from there where we kind of know where everybody sits. That matters to us. Right. And I feel like anybody, we all have those mornings, especially people that have multiple humans coming and going and headed places. But I I think just, I credit you for not just accepting. I think some people get well-worn grooves into stories that like, well, our mornings, that's what mornings are. And I, it's like people, it's like, that's when it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you just accept that it has to be the stressy, strainy, I'm not saying we're all walking on rainbows in the morning, but you know, right. But that's the thing. And you even just said, it's like that, that being accepting of this yucky morning flow. That's like not fluid at all. And just feels crappy is now an expectation. We mornings are going to suck. Now we have that expectation. We're all going to live into it and we're going to be suffering. It doesn't have to be that way. It could be otherwise. I'm running with that morning intention. Thank you for yeah. giving a, a real example from your life. I think it's really nice to hear. I want to circle back to summer because mm-hmm. 
we've established that it's okay. And it really depends on who you are, where you're at, different seasons of your life. But you do have some basic tools. Mm -hmm. And I, I, one thing I love about how you talk about all things wellness is it's so empowering because you have all these Chinese medicinal tools, but you're a huge proponent of of empowering women to be their own healers. Mm -hmm. And since we're coming up to the season and we've already covered how that can be an upheaval in a time where we all want that joy, tell us some basic things that, okay, so we're, we're we're riding the summer high and we find ourselves in a bit of a, a grumpy dip. Yep. And we're like, oh, I don't even know. I don't know what's, you know, like everyone has that. Everyone has it. And we're out of balance. We've talked about that, but Mm -hmm. we just feel that we're energetically out of balance. I think you have a really, some really simple ideas for being mindful and actually identifying how we can shift and re-anchor to something that might help us feel better in that moment with what we can do now. So let's... Let's share that. So, you know, and I know I love the wellness checklist that could change for people over the course of a year. So there's, let me see if I could summer this up for everyone. There's all times of the year. We all have some basic needs as humans, right? We all need to be watered and fed, slept, have a little fresh air and sunshine and move our bodies. Now, how we do that is different. You know, am I a vegan? Do I like keto? What's my situation? That's for each of us to figure out what works in our own body. But there's no, we're not going to be okay if we didn't eat enough. No, we're not going to feel so good if we didn't drink enough. If we're not moving our bodies in a way that works for us, if we have had no fresh air and sleep and rest and sleep and rest are not the same thing. They are two different things. Okay. I'll just drop that in and we can all talk about it whenever. So there are some basics on our right now in this moment, I'm a grumpy pants. I don't know what to do. And I would say to everyone and breathing comes in there too, because kind of in the fresh air zone, like we all need to be able to breathe. And sometimes we'll try and we'll notice we're constricted. So these are like the five and six things I suggest we all start with these like basic, I'm, I am an animal. So I got to check on those. Then there's who am I and what is my greatest expression? So in summer, especially it's okay to stay up a little later at night to have fun. And it's also okay to tuck in and be like, I'm done for the day. So everyone wants to negotiate that individually. And I would say on our wellness checklist, if you're feeling cranky pants, check on, do you feel like you're actually getting time to be free and kind of sit out on the patio with something delicious or you like tucked into earlier, did you stay up too many times doing that? For each of us, that's going to be a negotiation, but that's important in the summer to be like, I ha- it's, it's a nice day and I have some more fluidity and how do I want to spend that, right? Have I been laughing? If I'm cranky pants and we all get that way, all of us. So I'm the first one to raise my hand when I'm feeling grumpy. Have I been laughing enough? And one of the best summer medicines is how do we get back to that laughter when we're feeling kind of exhausted or frustrated or shut down for some of us, that's going to be watching something funny on Netflix, whether that's a comedian or a sitcom for some of us, it's going to be a fun book for some of us. It's going to be going out with our funniest friends for dinner. There are a lot of different ways, but laughter is medicine and laughter is exceptionally important year round, but even more so in the summer, it's that lightness of spirit that that's that joy and contentment. So finding our laughter is important and it, it can also actually kind of dissipate the frustration. That's one great way for anger to resolve is to start laughing about something. So whatever does it for you is the best thing. So that would be on my wellness checklist would be like, have I laughed enough lately? Another one is intimate connection. So for some people, that's going to be like their sexual intimacy of their life and having a partner or partners or themselves to explore that with and like have that sort of like sexual energy. For some people, it's going to be the intimacy of their friendships 
and other partnerships or how they relate to their children or siblings or parents in terms of that exchange of I'm speaking from my heart and so are you. And we're both held held in that sacred space safely and developing those. And so some of us will find ourselves feeling really cranky and upset, maybe for the entire summer or going into summer, if we're having an ailment there in our intimate relationships and connections with people for not feeling safe and supported. So taking a look at that, even in a, in a day where I'm just feeling really overwhelmed and cranky is like, do I feel seen by the people that matter to me or not (laughs) right now? Mm -hmm. And if not, where can I get that? Like, do I call my best friend? Do I call my mom? Do I call my aunt? Who does that for me? So intimacy and connection come in both ways, that heart to heart nature of things. And then of course, just that we are many of us sexual beings. And so somewhere in those two places is important to look at like our development there. And so in terms of summer and rest, actually, those of us who have dogs and cats, and you'll see them like lying on the cold tile in the middle of the day when they won't be napping at other times of the year, they're just like sprawled out because it's hot (laughs) and we need more rest. So finding those breaths between events to like, just sort of sit with a book and some lemonade and like be is really another way to get through the crankies. That's a really beautiful. And I, I, okay, let me see. I know that everyone's going to maybe sometimes people are walking or, you know, driving. So I'm just going to, to make sure we've digested. I'm going to see if I can recap. So everything's going great. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, Oh, whoa, I am not feeling like myself, my energy. And I'm going to ask myself, where am I out of alignment? What, what can I do now in my situation to bring it back in? But some of the easiest ways to start would be first, have I been sleeping enough? How's that going? And maybe enough is different in the summer. I'm saying that back. I like that because it's true. Like sometimes it's just easier, like a big thing, I love one perk of living in the city is that there it's easy to be like, I'm on my porch, anyone around, you know, that's a beautiful thing until it's like four nights in a row. And then you're like, Oh gosh, okay. I need a good (laughs) sleep. Right. Exactly. 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 Okay. So our sleep. And then of course, am I nourishing myself and what I'm eating, which I think it's nice in the summer because there's so much access to like fresh fruits and vegetables and it seems easy. But for me too, I feel like I don't grill a lot, but I don't cook as much. It's weird. It's like yeah. we're out and about and we picnic yeah. and whatever. So sometimes I realize that in leaning into that ease and fun, I'm not really eating in a way that I'm used to. And it can mm-hmm. make me feel off sometimes. So that's a mm-hmm. good awareness, mm-hmm. especially if we're on trips. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have to be really aware, like, okay, this oh, yeah. is fun to go out a lot, but I need to just like cook yeah. in and eat yeah. a regular meal. I just meal. need to like stick yeah. a bell pepper in my face. Cause I just need to, yeah. It's like, <laughs> you get to that point where you're like, nobody give me anything but vegetables or like a plum, please. Just yeah. like, yeah, totally. Okay. So we got that. And then hydration is obviously important and I can imagine why. So even more in the summer and then moving our body. And I love how aligned we are just letting that also be something that feels good. And then, okay, the breathing and that comes with getting out. And I think for me, that can also come with giving space to pause and breathe. And even if you're trying to travel somewhere with your family, like my daughter and I were getting ready for a little outing to go on a scooter ride to pizza last night. And I was, I just told her, I was just like, I need 15 minutes. I'm going to wrap something up. And then I'm looking forward to going. Uh, That's perfect. And and here's the beautiful thing about that, because you honor yourself and then you're teaching the next generation that they can do that as well. They have permission slip for that. Well, I'd much rather do that in my own practice. It's like I had one small thing and I wanted to be present. I wanted to Mm -hmm. have my phone put away or not, you know, but it's hard. We're humans. It's like that mental ticker, that cognitive load for a lot of women. And I was like, oh my gosh, I will be so much more present and enjoy myself if I just take this small amount of time. And she didn't even flinch. It basically took her that amount of time to get packed up anyway. So there you go. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. All right. So that's part of our like breathing or just making Mm -hmm. sure we're building in these little mini, like it's okay. Like check in, you do you. 
Yeah. Okay. The intimacy and connection I love mm-hmm. because, okay, I'm trying to feel like summer, it's an easy time to connect with people, but I feel like maybe there's more of this like dispersed big groups and yes. that sort of thing. Yes. So as I'm reflecting on that, maybe it's not as many times, you know, sometimes I think of like coffee with a good friend and yes. like, or, or one-on-one dinners with my husband, which yes. feels for some reason more like a cozy yeah. other seasoning. You might think that's like a cabin in the woods in like November kind of a thing, but it's also important in July. So just making sure that you're having that intimate connection versus just like the summer pool party where you don't really have, which I, of course it's fun. It's It's so so fun fun to see different people, but sometimes you don't have, especially if you have kids, you don't have like an actual meaningful conversation with anybody sometimes disperse. Well, that think of it like, you know, summer is the fire element. So it's that big bonfire experience where we're like, we're all roasting marshmallows and chatting and running around, but then the fire gets smaller. And at the end of the night, that's when we start sitting with our besties and chit chatting. Mm-hmm. Or when we were younger, lots of us were like, who's that cutie over there? Right. Cause that's summer. <laughs> so it's like that energy of, of kind of coming from the big, everyone, the big, my heart is full of all these people. I love being around and then coming back to who can I share that with? I love that awareness. That's really beautiful. And now my nostalgia, (laughs) the small bonfire nostalgia is is peaking right now. (laughs) All right. How, how did I do? I feel like, am I missing something? Oh, laughter. That was laughter. Well, Hey, okay. (laughs) Which we kind of already, but it's just that like, that's such an easy dispersal for the crankies is to find something that we find funny. And on that note, I think it's just really important for everyone to honor that what they think is hilarious is un- is unique as we all are. So it's okay if, you know, I don't like the same movie that like 15 people thought was amazing. Like, no, I can go find my own. It's okay for yeah. us to find the diversity in that. Whatever actually makes you laugh and is yes. funny for you is okay. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love <laughs> all right. I know. I know we're coming up against time, but I, with your permission, would love to share because you're, as your life has evolved, Mm -hmm. not surprisingly, your checklist has become quite expansive and you have up to, you know, 20 plus questions, which I like, I I don't know, sometimes I think filter for some reason is a word that's coming up for Mm -hmm. me right now because it's just like, hmm, it's like this checking in. And that's a lot of what both you and me are so attuned to is this checking in filter, Mm -hmm. like why getting curious. What's one thing you have added to your list in more recent years that's Mm -hmm. like a super meaningful filter for you? The, there are two that lately, especially lately, but over the last couple of years, I've noticed have kind of lit up for me and it's above the waterline, which like hydration is so important, especially as I'm in my forties. And like, that's important for all of us as we age, that's going to make our spines much happier. So, but that's a given to me, but the two that have kind of like lit up big time for me are cultivation. Like, have I made time? for my self-development and rest. And that rest one is humbling. (laughs) I will say it's like really bizarre how humbling that is because I've always been like a go, 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 go. And had like a shocking amount of capacity, but that's just not the season I'm in. And so this sort of like really examining for me, what I find restful and how much sleep I need. And those are two separate parts of the rest thing. And then cultivation, because I've noticed that when I get away from, like, I love taking continuing education units. I just feel so lit up by that, for example. And there's a little nerdy information about me. Like if you found Uh, me, yeah, yeah, like, I'm like, yes, sign me up for all the classes. This is like, it's so delicious to me. Yeah. It's like everything like that, like, you know, or being in a great program where we're like being led through certain learning or like, you know, maybe it's book club for someone. It might be practicing a new musical instrument that is cultivation. It's like this new thing that you get to creatively express. So those are the two for me outside of water, which like ping, 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 everybody really, 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 really needs is rest 
and cultivation. Those I've added to my list. Those have become like a big, big part of when I'm checking through how I'm doing. I'm like, how are those going? Big time. I think people are going to either add those to their own list or just open up to that sort of reflection on what should be on their list so that they know it almost comes back to what are my values. Mm -hmm. And if I'm feeling in any season wacky or, you know, off kilter, making sure I'm coming back and like filtering, like, where am I not showing up for myself here? Yeah. And like, what's my medicine? Mm. Because for some people that's going to be like running or painting or being quiet being able to be with themselves and their thoughts. I mean, all of us are different and the, the, the more mature I become, you know, the more mature. <laughs> Wisened. Yes. The more I, re- I recognize that like there are some things that are not as negotiable as they were when I was younger, because I had a storage tank of a different energy available than I do now in my middler years. That's important to think about. Who am I now? Mm. What do I need now? This actually, I mean, you might've already said it, so feel free to repeat, but this, I, I would actually argue too, that part of the beauty of getting older is just having so much self-awareness of what actually you like <laughs> and having totally. it be like, I don't do that. Cause I don't like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> it's like permission to be like, this is for me. This is not for me. Thank you. <laughs> right. Right. Yes, absolutely. You know, I always end my episodes with the yeah. same question. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, want to invite you into this. So what's one question women should be asking themselves mm. more? Oh, it's so good. Mm. I'm going to say it. And hopefully it's not like a double negative. So I think it's like, what am I obligated to that is unnecessary? It's about a obligatory activity. Where am I not getting to show up whole and complete because I'm committed to obligation? I think that's an important one for us to let go of period, but especially as we continue to mature gracefully that we let go of those. Beautiful. All right, Rachel, I know people are going to want to follow and learn from you. So where can we find you? Oh, thank you. Well, I hope to see everyone on Instagram. That's a really easy place for us to connect at really Rachel B. And I'm, I have a website. It's my name, rachelbrumberger.com. You're welcome to find me there. And on Unscripted, my podcast, which is really fun where we get to have all these conversations digging into this, which is my super favorite stuff. So I would love to see anyone in any of those places that are as authentic for them. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at at Whitney Woman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.